podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, it's a good Monday morning. Liverpool with a comprehensive victory at the weekend. 5-0 over Watford at Vicarage Road. Mohamed Salah with one of the great Premier League performances. A goal of the season contender, an assist of the season contender. And just absolutely destroyed that Watford defence as and when he felt like it. You went into this game thinking Watford, new manager, they've had two weeks to prepare, should get a reaction from them. And it just didn't happen. They were really, really bad. Whereas we were really, really good. And for the first 20 minutes, we were absolutely excellent. Liverpool lined up with Cuevin Kelleher in goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joel Matip, Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson as the back four. James Milner and Jordan Henderson in midfield, joined by Naby Keita, who was fit enough to play. That was a huge boost. It meant Henderson could play the number six position. And then Salah, Firmino and Mane up front. So looking at that team moving forward, Kelleher had very little to do throughout the game. But when called upon, did perform One excellent save, which unfortunately doesn't actually count, doesn't get marked down as a save because it was a Watford offside. But it goes to show that his level of concentration was very, very high. Hadn't had much to do. The commentator remarked during the game that Alisson had had about as much to do during the game as Kelleher. And Alisson is sitting in a hotel in Madrid. I thought Trent at right back was sensational. Some of his passing was just out of this world. Matip and Van Dijk were their usual selves. Virgil is back to heading the ball to himself, which tells you that the update that was uh, brought forward by Microsoft or whatever company made him uh, has been completed. Andy Robertson looked, again, more like Andy Robertson at left back, full of energy, getting forward with purpose, aggressive in his defending. Just, it's great to see. James Milner was kind of the free man in midfield. Because Watford lined up with two in midfield against the R3, Milner kind of ended up being the free one at times. Key involvement in Firmino's first goal. Jordan Henderson, who'd had a dreadful run of form as a number eight, with a good performance as a number six, his second good performance of the season. Both of them have come in the number six position. So maybe, just maybe, Jürgen's going to have to have a look at this and think, right, if he's going to be in the team, it can only be as the number six. Now, he's not as good as Fabinho or anywhere close to it, but he is a a good backup to have in that position. And Naby was quietly very, very good. Got through a lot of defensive work, won the ball a ton, used it really well, tracked runners quite well. All things considered, that midfield functioned very, very well. They were assisted by the fact that Claudio decided that two in midfield was the way forward. Um, and the front three looked like the front three from 17-18. They looked like they'd gotten the band back together. They just absolutely destroyed Watford from start to finish. First goal of the game is Sadio Mane on eight minutes. It's an incredible pass from Mo Salah. From the right wing, with his left foot, bending it round the outside of his left foot, I should say, bending it round the defence 
and into the path of Sadio. Doesn't even need to break stride. Great finish, but the pass is out of this world. If Trent or De Bruyne or Pogba play that ball with the right foot, we talk about it endlessly. For him to do that with the outside of his left foot is incredible. Firmino made it two on 37 minutes. Really nice goal from the Reds. Milner to Firmino, back to Milner, into Mane. Milner makes the overlapping run. Sadio slides and through. And it's a simple cutback. And Bobby is unmarked four yards out to tap home. Really, really well-worked goal. And no less than Liverpool deserved. You would have to say, going into half-time, we deserve to be further in front. We really should have been 3 or 4-0 up. Such was our dominance in that game. I mean, the first 20 minutes were as dominant as the 20 minutes we saw Liverpool put forward against AC Milan in the Champions League. And you were sort of having moments of doubt that maybe it comes back to bite us that we haven't created more or taken more chances like it did against Milan. Now, admittedly, we won the game against Milan, so in the end it didn't really matter. But we didn't really take advantage of the the dominance that we displayed in that first 20 minutes. Same thing here, but thankfully the level didn't drop the way it did against Milan. Um, In that first 20 minutes... Liverpool had 206 passes. Watford had 19. If you've seen any of the passing maps going around for Watford, they're the most bizarre thing you'll ever see. Seek them out on social media. They're genuinely amazing. Uh, Into halftime at 2-0. The Reds looking very comfortable, but you still have that little niggling doubt in your mind. If they can get one, then it becomes a different game. Didn't need to worry. On 52, Craig Cathcart, with his first helping hand of the day, decides to try and put the ball past his own goalkeeper. It's a really good save from Ben Foster to deny him. Bobby Firmino is jolly on the spot to make it three. Two minutes later, Firmino plays the ball to Salah, surrounded by three defenders. And Mo, having entered the matrix, I don't know what it is that he's done in the last few weeks, but this is a very similar goal to what he did against Manchester City. Dances around the three defenders, leaves Craig Cathcart on his backside, gets the ball back onto his left foot, and then there's no doubt. Strokes it into the far corner. Just a sensational goal. Absolutely out of this world from Mo Salah. He now holds the record with Didier Drogba, uh, joint most goals by an African player in the Premier League. Sadio, I should have mentioned, got his 100th Premier League goal. Uh, He is third on the list, so both of them are going to pass Drogba. Mo will do it first, Sadio will do it then, and Liverpool will have the two highest-scoring African players in Premier League history. And when you consider how long Drogba played in the Premier League, it really is a sensational effort by our two boys. You look at Didier Drogba was joined Chelsea in 2004, one of Mourinho's uh, first signings when he took over. He played for Chelsea uh, 252 times in the Premier League and scored 104 goals. 252 games 
in the Premier League. Sadio joined Southampton in 2014 from RB Salzburg, played for them 67 times and 170 Premier League games now for Liverpool. So 237 games for Sadio. Um, He now has, what, 15 games to break Drogba's record. And when you consider Sadio as a winger and Drogba was a pure number nine, that does speak volumes to what Sadio has been able to accomplish in the Premier League, especially since joining us. At Southampton, he scored 21 in 67. With us, it's 79 in 170. He's just shy of one and two for us. He was below one and three for Southampton. But nobody touches Salah. He's on a different level to everybody else. Whether it's African players, whether it's wide forwards, it doesn't matter. Two goals in 13 games for Chelsea. 102 in 153 for us. Two goals every three games for us. One in six for Chelsea. Throw out that Chelsea record. And he's 102 in 153. He's two goals behind Drogba. In 99 less games. Even with the Chelsea goals and and games. The same amount of goals in 86 less games. Just let that sink in. Drogba we view as one of the great Premier League number nines. Mo is outscoring him at a ridiculous rate as a wide forward. And people can say, oh, he's not a traditional winger. All they want, it's all nonsense. Look at his heat maps. Look at his touch maps. Most of his involvement starts in wide areas. Does he move central? Absolutely. But is he central like Drogba was? No, not even slightly. Not even slightly. We are witnessing history from Mohamed Salah. Every single time he goes out on the pitch, we are witnessing history. Ten goals in ten games this season is sensational. What? A ridiculous footballer Mo Salah is. You just have to lean right into it. You have to enjoy every minute of it. Because it's ridiculous. The only games he hasn't scored in this year, uh, sorry, the only game he hasn't scored in this year, I believe, is Burnley. He scored against Norwich. He scored the penalty against Chelsea. Scored against Leeds. Scored against Crystal Palace. Scored against Brentford. Scored last week against City. Obviously scored against Watford. Scored against Milan. Scored against, scored two against Porto. The only game he didn't score in is Burnley. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And you'll often see strikers have hot runs where they get, you know, seven goals in seven games, but they have a hat-trick in there or they score four in one game. It's not been the case for Mo. He's only scored more than one once. But he scored in nine of ten games. Absolutely astonishing what this guy is putting forward. And it's not just the goals. It's everything else. It's the playmaking. It's the work rate. It's that 
ridiculous belief in himself that saw him knock the ball past Danny Rose, uh, Danny Rose, give Rose a hefty head start. And hefty is maybe not the right word to use to describe Danny Rose right now. But he gives him a good old head start in a foot race and then beats him comfortably. Alongside his 10 goals this season, he has four assists. There are very few players in the world playing at the same level as Mo Salah. Karim Benzema is one. Lewandowski is another. And that's it. That is really it. The Ballon d'Or is coming up soon. I don't know if he's going to get overlooked because of last season, because Liverpool weren't particularly good, but he was sensational. Like he was ridiculous last season. As everyone else got injured around him or struggled around him, he was ridiculous. 31 goals and 6 assists across 4,178 minutes. He missed one Premier League game. He was just insane last season. Firmino had a bad year. Mane had a bad year. Fabinho played most of the year at centre-back and was injured a couple of times. Henderson had to play centre-back and was injured for a chunk of the season. Thiago was injured for a chunk of the season. Ginny Wijnaldum, really good first half of the season, bad second half. Andy Robertson, the same. Trent, really poor first half of the season. Matip missed most of the season. I think he played 10 league games. Virgil missed almost the entirety of the year. He's the only one of the outfield players because Joe Gomez missed most of the season. So you had three centre-backs, the four main midfielders, Naby Keita missed chunks of the season. So the five midfielders that you would look at as, you know, being above the rest, they all either missed chunks or had bad runs of games like Ginny. Jota missed a big chunk of the season. So there's three of the four attackers. He's the only one that you can look at and say as an outfield player for Liverpool last season was consistently excellent August to May or September to May as it was last year with the league starting a little bit later. Alisson missed some time with injuries and had, you know, a shaky spell of form. He's the only one. He carried Liverpool last season. And Liverpool ended up third despite all those injuries, all those issues. He has to be in the running for the Ballon d'Or. He really does. Now, I'm not saying he has to win it, but he has to be in the running. There's no question. I think Lewandowski should win it because he was robbed of it last season because it wasn't awarded. I'd give it to him over the two years. But Salah has got to be in the conversation. And when next season's rolls around, there's going to be very few people that can touch him. Absolutely phenomenal. Bobby with a hat-trick. The, the Dirk Couch hat-trick completed when Nico Williams beat Danny Rose with ease and slid the ball across. Bobby taps home from four yards out. 
great to see Bobby getting goals. That's six goals this season for Bobby. He's averaging a goal involvement something like every 35 or 36 minutes, which is obscene. Won't he won't be able to continue that record if you know not even Messi gets a goal or assist at that rate. But it's great to see Bobby playing well, playing with confidence and getting goals, getting himself in dangerous positions. Sadio, that's three good games in a row. First time in, in over, over a year that Sadio's had three good games in a row. So that's really promising. Like I said, the midfield all played well. Trent was great. Robbo was good. The two centre-backs played well. Kelleher stood up when needed. Even the lads that came off the bench, Ox looked lively, was involved in the, the, the fifth goal. Costas came off the bench and had an involvement in the game as well. Played well. And Nico gets an assist. 14 men up. All of them played well. All of them gave good performances. All of them contributed to the victory. You can't ask for much more, folks. You really can't ask for much more. We will leave it there for today. Um, if you want to jump around the sites yourselves, the, 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 the usual sites, do make sure to check out, obviously, AnfieldIndex.com as your first protocol. This is AnfieldInLiverpool.com. Plenty of, uh, of good of good content there uh, to give a read to. A lot of pre-match, uh, post-match stuff off the back of the Watford game. Um, Podcast-wise, if you have been checking out Anfield Index over the weekend, obviously the USA podcast Social Bleedia was released uh, at the end of last week and there was the Gags Tandon post-match show over the weekend after the walloping of Watford Gags stepping in for Nina there. And on Pro, uh, if you didn't get them at the end of the week, there was a Legends lowdown, Jason McAteer and Trev. Trev also stepped in for a Money Talks with Mo Chatra to have a look at the Saudi takeover of Newcastle. There was a, a scouted with myself, Carl and Guy doing a Premier League draft. That was that was a lot of fun. Check that one out. There was a post-match Raw, myself, Trev and Harry Setti going over the game and a new podcast released yesterday the introduction episode um myself and trev downey on the books the clue is in the name it is basically uh ai book club we are going to be reviewing 10 books across 10 episodes of season one this was just a little taster to give you an idea of the books that we will be reviewing um I'm really excited for this one. I'm really looking forward to doing a regular podcast with Brother Danny. So make sure and give that one a listen. Uh, the We'll probably do one a month. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how schedules work out. But I think we'll probably try and do one a month for season one. And then if it if you like it, if, if it does well, well, we'll probably load up a season two as well and maybe take some suggestions for books to cover. Uh, they are all football-related books. But not Liverpool-related books. Um, there will be, I'm sure, Liverpool-related books down the line. But for now, we've gone for five of each of our favourites. And um, there was some interesting crossover. It was funny. We didn't confer beforehand. But we had two different sets of books that took the same central character. And then the rest were all loosely in the same sort of vein so yeah 
I, I think that's going to be a good one. Do check out AI Pro Plus on the books. It will just be on the books moving forward. It will get its own slot on the app. Uh, and Eddie Gibbs has provided us with some really, really nice artwork for it. So, uh, yeah, make sure and check that one out. I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.